welcome everybody to the penultimate session of the seminar in the history of the book, which is hosted by the 15th Century Book Trade Project and uh, by the Center for the Study of the Book of the Bodleian Library. Today we have Marco Bertagna talking about uh, former owners of Hebrew and Cunabula uh, found in Italian libraries. I'll give you just some background uh, to Marco's talk. Uh, at the beginning of last year, our project applied to the Rothschild Foundation to uh, include Hebrew in Kinabila into our project that concentrates on who were the users and how they used the books they own uh, of 15th century uh, printed books printed in Europe. And uh, so we were, we were given a grant and um, we were able to have three researchers, one based here in Oxford, who went around also to around Cambridge and Manchester and London. There was Rahel Fronda. And um, then there was one researcher in Israel, at the National Library of Israel, to include in Kinabila, then Tel Aviv, into our database. And the third was Marco, who had a fabulous time up and down the, uh, the many libraries of Italy, large and small, mostly large, he would tell us, uh, to capture the evidence. The three of them presented papers at the large conference we held in Venice last September, which was really the end of our project event and the recordings of which you will find, in fact, the video of it, you will find online uh, the connection through our website. And uh, the results are very different. Uh, and so we thought, as we are in Oxford, uh, it was nice to have one of uh, the outside uh, UK members to talk about uh, the discoveries. And I leave Marco to tell us. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, Birgit. Thank you for this invitation. As Christina told you, I worked on uh, Hebrew incunabula, that is to say, incunabula printed with Hebrew movable types, not, not just a word inside of it, but the entire books. And as Christina told you, I worked in, on the, Itali in the Italian collection with Rachel Fronda working, working here and uh, Alexander uh, Gordon in Israel. The three of us, have, uh, we, we catalog uh, around 500 books that represent 111 editions on, on a total of 159 reports by, by ISTC. You know ISTC is the Incunabula short title catalog, a catalog, an online catalog that uh, records all the editions of Incunabula. This number, 155, could vary a bit because, for instance, Hoffenberg, a great scholar of uh, Incunabula, uh, says that the, to the, to the total amount of uh, edition reaches, the, reaches 137, 138. Other scholars say 178, 179. Why this gap? Because you, we have edition well represented by copies, copy, copies well preserved, and uh, we have other editions that are represented by loose sheets and it's really difficult sometimes to understand if these loose sheets uh, belong to 
and Gunabula edition or to a later one. Me, as Marco Bertagna, I work on 231 books that represent 84 editions. Just to give you, uh, this is the, the list of the, the libraries on, in which I worked. So as you can see, the biggest collection that I, that I studied is held in, the, in Biblioteca Palatina in Parma, 90 copies. And then we have other great collection in Turin, Piacenza, in, in Florence, and then in Rome. There are 13. As you, as you, as you can see, there are rich, uh, some, some, some of them have more incunabula than the other. For instance, uh, you, you, have, you have 19 in Parma or just two in uh, the Biblioteca Comunale dell'Archigimnasio dell in Bologna. And uh, if I have to divide the, these 231 incunabula according to their contents, I could say that 90, uh, uh, 90 contain biblical text. What do I mean with biblical text? I mean the text of the Bible, or of um, the world Bible, or some books of the Bible, with, if it is, a commentary running around on in the upper side, on the lower side, and in the margin. 29 are just uh, separate commentaries. What do I mean with separate commentaries? I mean, uh, simple uh, commentaries, treaties on the Bible. 39 are what uh, Offenberg again called, called Rabbinica, that is to say books on uh, laws, precepts, rules, and uh, book of prayers, Mahzorim, Sidurim. And then we have nine books that uh, contain treatises of the tractates of the Talmud. You know the first Talmud was printed in the 16th century, between 1519 and 1523 by Bomberg in Venice. So until that date we have just books, just uh, tractates. And then we have 64 books that contain other literature, medicine, just like Avicenna's Canon, or uh, poems, poetry, astrological, uh, astronomical treatises, and, and uh, so on. Just to give you some, now I want to, to give you some uh, date uh, years and places in order to to help you to place in the time and the place uh, uh, the first steps of uh, history of the Hebrew printing. The first book ever printed with Hebrew movable types carrying an indication of the day, uh, of the year is the uh, Perusha Torah written by Rashi and printed in Reggio Calabria in southern Italy by Abram Ben Garton in on February 14. 75. Obviously, I'm giving you the uh, year in um, according to the Christian calendar because in the colophon you read the, the Hebrew. Can can you read someone of them? Can uh, read the Hebrew? Okay, here in any case it's written 5,235. So then you have to convert in the Christian. And this is in southern Italy, and this, this is the first uh, Hebrew book printed with movable types with indication of the, uh, of the year. Then we move northward to Piove di Sacco, where, you, where, you find, where, we, where we find the Arba Turim composed by Jacob, Jacob Benasher, that is a, a legal work on rules, and it was achieved on July 1475, so five months later. And here again is the second book ever printed 
with evil movable type with indication of the year. And here again, I put the Christian, uh, the Christian calendar, uh, but here is written in, uh, in Hebrew letters and using Hebrew numerals. These are the two, the two first with indication of the, uh, of the year. But then, if we have to consider the first books ever printed with Hebrew movable types, uh, we should move to Rome, where three brothers working uh, working in Rome, so very close to the first city, to the first place in which. Uh, a book was printed in Italy, and in Subiaco, printed eight books, eight, eight editions, sorry, so uh, I, I don't know how many, how many copies exactly, but we have eight, eight editions surviving of these three brothers, of Adiam and Assem and Benjamin of Rome, that unfortunately didn't, uh, didn't print any colophon. In one of the on, in one of these eight, you can find just the name of the the names of the of the printers, but no, uh, you, you can find neither the 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 year nor the place. And um, so these are probably the first book ever the first books ever printed with Hebrew movable types, and the the year between 1469 and 1473. This is what this was just to to give you an idea. So Italy. Could, it, I can say that Italy was really the cradle of the of the Hebrew uh, printing history. And then going back to May, um, MEI, sorry, I know that, <laughs> and I, I think that you already acquainted with it. So you, you, so uh, MEI is a catalog in which uh, uh, we were supposed to um, catalog every copy of Incunabula um, in in public and private collection. And to do that, we the purpose of uh, MEI was to uh, trace the history of of every of every crop and copy in order to, and to study everything involving this copy to to study uh, trade uh, owners everything that could help us to put this copy in a time and space. So the most important thing, or one of the most important thing, why cataloging the Incunabula for May was tracing the owners, the owners that mm, who, were, who were this owner. The owner. The owner could be a person, could be an institution, a library, on everything that ha left traces on the book. For instance, uh, a note of ownership. I would be very lucky if I could always <laughs> find something like that. <laughs> but because in this case, this could help me to put, to place the book at a given place at a given time in its history and in this way we can we can describe it we can describe its history its movement and also through the MEI tool also to trace visually the, the movement it experienced during its life and uh, how was studying this um, in Cunabula which were the issues uh, involved was it difficult well, sometimes, yes, it was very difficult. And I choose three aspects that I want to talk with you. The first one is the abundance of notes. I call it Jewish attitude uh, to underline the great, the, the strong connection between Jewish people and the word printed or written. Word not only as, a, as an instrument to transmit religious or literary texts, but also uh, as an instrument to transmit uh, traditions, uh, personal notes, information, everything 
that could be Britain, that could be uh, left. And um, in, sometimes you feel as, as if the, this book uh, were uh, kind of registers of diaries on which the owners have brought on almost every topic, on almost every subject. And um, for instance, in the left side, you have a recipe. I didn't catch exactly which, which is the dish, but you can read, for instance, you, you have to take rosemary, you have to take, you, you have to put in half liter of white uh, honey, and uh, then you have to leave it a, a bit before, before, before eating, but I, I still have to, to understand which kind of it's recipe. Fish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it was written on a Perusia Torah, that is to say on a very renowned book, so um, it, 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 sometimes it, it is quite strange to find such a personal note on a book that was so revered. And on the right side, and this is uh, very interesting, you have a grandfather work, uh, uh, recording his son's uh, birth. And then below the line is recording uh, the birth of uh, his son's uh, children. So here is, then we saw closer, but here he's speaking about his own sons, and then you, you find the birth of the sons of Joseph, that was one of... So he, in one page, you have an history of, the, of a family. And uh, the second point is uh, connected with the Jewish script, because not only you have a great amount of notes, but you have to understand the notes. And it's not always easy, because um, I encountered at least three types of uh, Jewish handwriting or, or Jewish types of, uh, of cursive. So the easiest is the Ashkenazi one, this one thing. That is, the, I could define this particular example like an Ashkenazi Italian, so it's not, uh, it's, how can I say, a more rounded than, but as you can see, it's very different from this one on the, on the right, that is, that is a Sephardic cursive, that is to say typical of Jews that came from the uh, Iberian Peninsula. And again, it's very different from this one, that is a really Italian uh, cursive. And if I have to give you some example, for instance, this letter, can you see it? Oh, it's very good. It's in, in Sephardic, is this one, and then again, it's quite recognizable here in the Italian. But for instance, this letter is this one or this one. So, and again, the last example, this one, the Aleph, that is quite recognizable in Ashkenazi, uh, in the Ashkenazi uh, script and the Italian one, is not so, so recognizable in the, in the Sephardic uh, type. And, um, in, and, uh, and it's important also to underline that uh, Hebrew scripts were a bit, a bit conservative. So you can have this type of writing at the end of 15th century and also during all the 16th century. So if you have an, an anonymous um, or, or if you have a note in which you don't have the year and you don't have the place, it's really tough sometimes to say it was written in uh, at the beginning of the 16th century or at the end so you don't have so many uh, points on which you can base your your uh, statement and then this, uh, the third point 
I call it Jewish diaspora, but it's not the proper the proper definition. I took I just took a picture from Google, so <laughs> just to show you the movement of the of the expulsion that uh, suffer that Jewish people suffer, and that's to say that if we, for instance, if we find uh, a note written in Sephardic script, that could have been written everywhere in the in the Mediterranean because after the expulsion in 1492 in, from Spain and 1497 from Portugal, Jews spread all over the Mediterranean. So if I found, again, a note without here and without place, it could have been written in, in the Netherlands or in southern Italy, in Greece, in Morocco. So again, this is the third point. A huge amount of notes. You have to understand these notes. And sometimes, even if you understand the note, you don't have so many data to place. At a, set, at a given place, at a given time, that owner. And now we start with, the, with, this, uh, with this inscription. So the easiest, are, uh, for instance, this one, and it's very simple. The first words uh, come, come, come from a biblical quotation, so the, uh, to God, literally, to God is the earth and everything in it. It's a psalm. And then you have the, the, the formula, uh, purchase of my money, I am Moshe Treves, and I am the son of Yohanan Treves. And here it's interesting because you have in the line below, a Yohanan son of Moshe Treves, that is signing again the book, and it, it, he is probably, and you have always to make uh, assumption, is not always uh, certain, he was probably the nephew of, the, of Yohanan, he took the name of the grandfather, and it is the son of that Moses. So you have again uh, a book that uh, remained in the same family at least, at least for two generations, at least. And then below we have the, the simplest formula. This book, Zesef, and this book is mine. And here the name, it's Chak Levi. But here on the left, we have a, um, a, a, a formula that record often that can be roughly translated as uh, everyone should write her name, his, his name sorry, or her name on uh, his or her book, lest uh, uh, somebody could come and say, this book is mine. So I put my name on my book, and but here we have another name. So the, the writing, the name is the young Asher Askenazi. And so the problem uh, arose: is is he, is he saying that he is young and Asher is a relative, and uh, the young who is of Ashkenazic origin, or is another name? Here again, and. Uh, but sometimes you have this beautiful uh, uh, ownership note in which you can find also uh, very renowned names. For instance, in this one, that is, say, that is a, a note put at the beginning of the book, uh, the uh, owner is saying that he's uh, selling this book to someone else. And in this case, he's saying, I am selling this book to, my, to, to, the, to the old uh, and reverend Samuel Cohen and uh, I am Meir, Meir Yitzchak Katzenelembogen, Meir Ben, ben uh, Yitzchak Katzenelembogen, 
who was was a very renowned rabbi living in northern Italy of German origin. From the name is quite evident. So uh, that uh, was also involved in the burning of the Talmud. I don't know if you don't if you if you know. It was the unlucky and tragical event that took place in in 1553 when this rabbi wanted to publish a book with a Venetian printer, but then another Venetian printer um, plagiarized the book. And so this made Katzenelbogen say, no, it's not correct. And so uh, called, uh, for, uh, called, sent a, a letter for help to a rabbi in Poland. And this rabbi say, okay, uh, any Jew, no Jew should buy the other book. Then these rumors reached the Odyssey, and then the Pope uh, uh, issued a bull against the Talmud and against Hebrew books. and. Uh, there were two main burnings, one in Rome and the other in Venice. So it, it, is, it was a, a tragical blow for, for the his, history of Hebrew printing in Italy, because after that uh, the core of Hebrew printing moved northward towards Amsterdam and left Italy. And in any case here you find the name Meir ben, Katz, Meir ben Yitzhak Katzenelenbogen, and then you find also that his writing today, and then he's giving the Hebrew Hebrew month, Hebrew day. Here is is giving the uh, the year uh, fifteen thirty eight, and he's also giving the place by, uh, in Padua. So here we have everything to reconstruct uh, the movement of this book. And I want to show you this book because it's, it, it it is a. Uh, marvelous bible printed in Naples in 1492 and this frame this xylography was probably taken by um, Aesopus edition so and uh, it's simply amazing and here in the borderline you have a, a, a copy on parchment if i will remember on parchment that was colored so it's the whole bible we got it from the whole collection and uh, it is one of our treasures, absolutely. Yes, really but more important than that, has got a lot of ownership notes, if you remember. <laughs> yeah, you had, uh, because, yeah. And that is only in the, in the database. And so, talking about uh, this kind of contracts in which someone is saying I'm selling this book to someone else, it's interesting to uh, to underline that also women played a great role because we had women acting as sellers or buyers of this book. For instance, this one, uh, for instance, in this note that is uh, that you can find it in a Perusha Torah copy of Lady Bengershon printed in Mantua. You find that uh, a lady that here is called Merat Markishana, but in, uh, is signing with his name Stella at the beginning of the book in the first folios is uh, selling a book with the authorization, the, uh, uh, with, with the permission and the support of her husband. And more, even more interesting is that the, um, the, um, the sale took place with the, with, the, sorry, with, the, with the help of another woman, that is Ben Saud, that is to say with the intermediation of uh, Lady Dolce. And then again, here you have oh, I cut, sorry, the the signature of the of the witness. 
and uh, if you consider the, uh, this this kind of contract, uh, we found also the the price paid, the 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 amount paid, for instance, here Menachem Ben Yosef Meorvieto, that is Meorvieto, the Italian city, is selling this book, this Pentateuch, this Torah to uh, a Moshe Ber, and he received for that 30 Fiorini. So we have also the, uh, and in this case also we have the place because it's saying here in Lugo. So here again we are very lucky because we have uh, almost all the data that could be of help, of an help to, to put this book in a place and in a time. And uh, we have another, uh, we, are, we were talking about a sale and this is a purchase because uh, Shlomo Shatby is saying that he bought a book, this book, from uh, again uh, a lady and he paid three uh, silver carlini. And as I told you, as I showed you, this, uh, this, this is a closer view of that note of the grandfather. So here you have the, uh, the, the formula, the, the regular, the usual formula uh, in which these, no these notes are written. So uh, the, the, the year, uh, biblical quotations, and then the name of the, of the child or of the daughter. So here you have, for instance, uh, the, the, the date that is uh, uh, two, uh, 335, so um, 1575. And his, this is the recording of the birth of uh, Joseph. Here it is the name. And below the line, you have the recording of the uh, of the sons of Joseph. In fact, here uh, the owner. That we don't have the name of the grandfather. We have all the name of the people, but ex uh, for, uh, with the exception of the name of the writer. We're saying that his uh, uh, his um, daughter-in-law, Zipporah, wife of his uh, dear son Joseph, gave birth to a child and they gave, gave him the name of Samuel Eliezer. So this is just a closer, a closer note of this family tree's uh, recording. And I say also, you can have, sorry for my thumb, but I realized that I didn't have better, better images. And um, here again, you have the um, recording of uh, birth on another book, this is the Abba Turim, uh, held in uh, Parma and here you have a father this is a sad why I say sad story this is really sad because in uh, in the year uh, here you can find in the year uh, 1600 uh, Israel Chaim was born and his father is uh, recording his birth but then uh, Israel Chaim unfortunately uh, fell badly sick badly ill so his father tried everything to heal him and the last attempt was to change his name. So from Israel Chaim to Yeshaya, that is to say God's, God is salvation. He, he, it was the last attempt of, of his father to, to save him. Unfortunately, in the last line of, the, of this note, it's written that this child passed away two years later. So you can, you can also, well, uh, you can experience some 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 sad story because it, it, sometimes it, it is as if you were looking into the history of a family. So, and 
but then we move to another some the, uh, among these notes you can find uh, well honestly I, I didn't find so many of this type it is a list of books owned by uh, by a owner that is reporting that is recording all the book uh, he owned and specif uh, specifying if they were printed or if they were manuscripted if they were on parchment or if they were on paper and for each of it uh, for each entry he specifying the, ti the title or uh, the, the subject and uh, this um, if it was on paper on print, uh, or on parchment printed on manuscript and they, they were 42 and they were uh, only the book that were already uh, bound when uh, he bought them it is a strange uh, uh, well, I, I, I didn't get why he wanted to underline this uh, wanted to underline that they were the book already bound maybe because mm, okay ah, wonderful Mm. Yeah. Do we have well, a date? No, of this one no. Unfortunately we, we, we have the place. We have we have the place, sorry. Uh-huh. We have the place uh, Rome from Trastevere is uh -huh. to say. But uh, he he doesn't give the day maybe maybe here but I it's in any case it's not so clear because is it possible do you think to try and identify that? But uh, but uh, Rachel uh, yeah. found an inscription of this Raphael Eliezer that he, and we are quite sure it's the same because uh, he's giving also his uh, the, the name of his father and that is son of uh, Raphael Eliezer ben Yehuda Rofe that is to say uh, Judah the, the the doctor so we are quite sure it's the same person and I don't know if Rachel found maybe the year or. Um, to check the owner's database. Yeah, in fact, I, well, I, I exactly. Okay, so. May I ask you something? Are there articles already published uh, on book lists of Hebrew books? That you I, I don't know. I, uh, I don't have any idea. But I don't have any idea? Yes, a lot of. In fact, I. Yes, in fact, I. I, I stress that in the conclusion, <laughs> <laughs> and we have also traces of the economical uh, uh, life of the Jewish communities. For instance, here we have a note of a certain Yekutiel ben Ovadia, who is writing that he's, he that he received a loan of money from again a lady called Gentile and her uh, uh, brother-in-law Eliakim and that uh, loan was uh, was on this book so this book was used as pawn and he's promising uh, that he is going to repay back this sum bef uh, before Hanukkah by Hanukkah so you have also traces of the life of the economical life of these Jewish uh, communities here I have some example of uh, censorship, maybe I. It is too late. Okay, 
So, well, I found many traces of censorship in this book. In these books, I, I just give you an example here with a censorship on censorship, and uh, <laughs> and um, well, uh, also the censors are uh, are in the category of owners because they can help you to put the the book at a certain place at a certain time, and uh, you can have usually you have one, two, three censors, not more, but in this book there are just twenty seven folios. You have six people uh, <laughs> signing the book, and everyone giving the date, so you, the year. So you have Jacobus Geraldini, 1555, then Lorenzo Franguello, 1575, then again Luigi da Bologna, 1599, then again Hippolytus Ferrarensis, 1601, and then Giovanni Domenico Vistorini, 1609, and at the end Giovanni Domenico Carretto, 1619. So you have a lot of people there. The it is just a. Usually, in the in the biblical text, you don't have uh, censorship because they didn't touch the, the biblical text. You have you can have um, interventions if you have the, a commentary because in the commentary there could be uh, of, uh, offensive sentences against Christians, but. They were quite lazy sometimes, the censor, fortunately, because they just put uh, some ink on uh, Edom, uh, you know, the, the word that was used to identify the Christians. So they didn't do, they didn't do so much sometimes, luckily. Just sign the book, just say, okay, I, saw, I, I uh, checked the book, everything okay now. But you have, as I showed before, also books just this Mishnah that were badly censored. And uh, the last two pictures I want to show you are one is this one. This one is the so-called Askama of Ferrara. What is Askama of Ferrara? Askama is a Hebrew word that means uh, um, agreement, pact, covenant. And uh, the Askama of Ferrara was actually a reunion, uh, an assembly of rabbis, Italian rabbis, that met in Ferrara in 1554, so the year and the year after the burning of the Talmud, and they decided to act to prevent the the Christian censorship. So it is uh, we can call it a Jewish Jewish self censorship. They stated that no one could publish a book never printed before without an authorization of a council or um, yeah, of, of a commission of three rabbis for the lit for the for the little communities and uh, for uh, an authorization coming from a, from the council of the communities if the communities was uh, was bigger and um, if someone dared to publish a book without the authorization should pay a fine that go for the tzedakah and uh, the, for the communities or for the for the community, it is it is and it is interesting because I don't think there are, there are many copies of this text uh, circulating also in the uh, scientific uh, also in the in the, in the academic uh, studies because I tried to find in Google but I didn't find so many traces uh, and so it's I think it's a precious uh, a precious text and um, the second one so. 
honestly have to say that this book, the Avicenna in Bologna, I didn't put it in MEI because I need more time to study because at the end you have 10 pages all written in Sephardic sometimes, I think also it's not even Hebrew but Ladino. And uh, you have also in these notes, you have obviously the, the notes about children, but you have also a recipe and it took, it took me some time to understand which was the dish, but here I, I could understand at least the second, the second part of the recipe. It is a Moroccan dish, the Marjun, that uh, my, my, my girlfriend that is working on uh, Islamic, uh, Islamic potteries and so Islamic uh, art of cooking, uh, one evening I would say Valentina, but I, I found something that I can read Majun, 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 Majun. Ah, yes, maybe the Majun uh, of Morocco. Ah, yes. In fact, I, I checked the, the recipe. I found that the word that I can understand corresponds to, to the recipe. So, and these notes are, were all written in Constantinople. And I, show you, I want to show you the, the most interesting one is this one. It is, this is an account of the uh, earthquake that uh, happened in Constantinople in 1509 and um, here you have the account in that, in that night uh, and he's giving the, the, the year in, in uh, Hebrew numerals uh, he is giving also the time in the night the earth shook in Constantina in Constantina and then he's saying that the aftershake continued till now so he was he was there he was there during the earthquake and he's saying that the wall of Constantinople fell down with all with, with the towers and they and also many houses fell uh, fell down that it is that it is impossible to count them and 3000 people died and you, you know if you try to um, to know something more about this earthquake you see that uh, the casualties are not known exactly so this could be uh, a good uh, uh, a proof of the of the number and it's also saying that uh, everything saying also the, the area of Constantinople for instance here you have Galata so and in Galata and in, ev in the surrounding area again uh, there, there was there were casualties but among the, the son of Israel died only eight people it seemed too optimistic but in any case uh, and um, these last two pictures the Askema of Ferrara and uh, the account of the um, of the earthquake are because I uh, I'm now I'm concluding my my speech and I want I don't I don't want to talk about the results of my MEI sorry <laughs> because they know. I want to talk about the serendipity involving May. I think that you know the serendipity, what does serendipity know, uh, means. Serendipity is when you, you are looking for something and you stumble upon something even better that you didn't expect. And uh, the, this serendipity is in the data and the documents that while doing my work for MEI, I made available in the database data that are very important for the study, for, for the field of Jewish studies, and in particular for the study of the historical and social cultural life of the Italian Jewish communities. And it's strange to underline that, that these notes have never been, new, have never been used, have never been studied. 
in Italy you have two uh, only in two catalogs, uh, one in Turin and one in, um, and one for the two Florentine Florentine collections. Only in these two catalogs you have um, someone Arton for uh, Turin and uh, Cassuto the Great Umberto Cassuto for uh, for uh, Florence that transcribe and translate the, the inscription, but without studying them. So it. It's bizarre because as for the Ascamao Ferrara, you have uh, probably one of the few uh, reproduction of the text of this Ascamao. Or again, the other side of this serendipity is that beyond, it goes beyond Jewish issues because you have accounts of events from another perspective, just like the earthquake of uh, Constantinople, or uh, texts that uh, represent uh, um, that can give us the idea of these cultural exchanges uh, across the Mediterranean. You have in Constantinople a recipe that is originally from Morocco. So, so this is my endorsement for 15th century book trade that I hope that you will have a bright future but also a bright present. Also because we studied so far 500 books but 1,500 are still to be studied and inserted in MEI. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you.